that is in the world of scripture. Amen. You know, and to get us there, I have this poem. And I wrote for such an occasion, if we can get this screen straightened out. All right, that's that I have to do. All right, it says, welcome to my world, a place where your natural eyes can't see, where your physical bodies can't be, where the last is first, the first is last, the end is told from the beginning, and when it appears as though one is losing, they're actually winning. Where trumpets are depicted as voices, the persecuted righteous don't complain, but actually rejoices. Here swords are likened to the word of demons of bird. The dead are yet alive. The living are actually dead. Blood and flesh are even depicted as wine and bread. It's a place wherein the humble are depicted as poor. And the poorer one becomes, they're later found to be that much richer. I'm speaking of no other place but the awesome world of scripture. So please turn off your phones, perk up your ears, and get ready to listen. For Rock Hopper Desh is about to begin teaching. Hallelujah. All right. So, various perspectives can be true at the same time you know and what I was starting to say you know is uh, we did a recap of Yaakov but then it dawned on me we haven't actually done Yaakov yet you know so <coughs> probably should do it before we recap it right mm -hmm. but uh, seeing that we got the horse before the cart you know um, we just gonna backtrack and recap it I love these type of pictures, though, you know, um, but it does serve serve uh, the purpose so that you can see various perspectives can be true at the same time. And as you can if you can see, there's, there's a guy that's looking straight ahead, but there's also a guy that's looking looking to the side, you know, and uh, neither perspective is wrong. They're just different perspectives of the same thing. Amen. You know, <clears throat> and yeah, I love I love these 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 type of drawings and, and pictures. Uh, and it's very very illustrative and very very creative. You know, but that said, I'm gonna talk about Isaac's two sons a bit more. Now, before I spoke of those two sons. Esau and Yaakov. We spoke of uh, Isaac being a type of Yahushua, and so he is. You know, and his two sons being a type of the two believers that would come forth from him and and his bride, you know, that was walking around in his day and time, amen. You know, and one type of believer would be lacking unto Esau. Then one would be like him, like him unto Yaakov, right? And we spoke about how, you know, one ultimately was violent and the other one was non-violent, right? And so it is. You know, yet also within a larger scheme and an extension, you know, uh, uh, a deeper aspect of that thing. Esau can be likened unto, well, Esau and Yaakov could actually be likened unto each and every one of us. In other words, each and every one of us, you know, we were born as twins, so to speak. Part of us is like Yaakov, and a part of us is like Esau. Uh, I know Yaakov supplanted Esau, but I'll be trying to say the firstborn first. <laughs> that just, um, yeah, so a part of us is like Esau, and a part of us is like Yaakov. And the part of us that's like Esau can be likened unto our will. And a part of us that's likened unto Yaakov can be likened unto our understanding. And your will always comes first, and this is why Yaakov, I mean, there I go again. Esau was born first. You know, your will is is that which you want to do. You know, and in the beginning, we all seek to just do whatever it is we want to do. From from a very infant, you know, um, you know, 
on up. We seek to do whatever it is that we may want to do or whatever our heart or flesh is longing for. That's what we want. Amen. You know, but Yaakov, which is the one that's born shortly after Esau, is likened unto our understanding. And when we get understanding, now we comprehend why we shouldn't always do just what we want to do. Amen. Amen. You know, you, you begin to you begin to see doing what it is you want to do or what you feel like doing in the moment may not be the wisest thing. You know, and so this is a type of this is a type of Yaakov and Esau. Even a type of will and understanding. You know, and so your Yaakov must supplant your Esau. In other words, your understanding must supplant your will. Your will will get you in trouble. Yes. Yeah. With Yah anyway. Your will will get you in trouble with Yah. Your Esau must be supplanted by your Yaakov. Your understanding must supplant your will. You know, because your flesh going to have you wanting to do all kinds of stuff mm. that is against the will of the Most High. Because your will and Yah's will aren't the same wills. Hence he says, my ways are above your ways. My thoughts are above your thoughts. Amen. So they're not the same. You know, and this is why we have to learn to love Yah and learn about Yah. So that through understanding our wills can be likened unto Yah's will. And that's actually we're actually talking about Israel now. You know, but I'm jumping ahead. You know, yes. So, I pray that everyone can see this theme concerning uh, Esau and Yaakov. You know, and it's an important because seeing that Yisak is their father and Yisak is a type of Yahshua, we're being shown in the story of Esau and Yaakov what a believer is supposed to do. How a believer is supposed, what a believer will have to go through, in other words. You know, your will is going to try to eliminate your understanding. Because it just wants what it wants. And it's violent. And it's a killer. And it will kill your yaka if you're not careful. You know, we don't want that to happen. Amen? You know, so... Uh, so we know about Esau. We're going to concern ourselves with Yaakov because he's the one. He's the one that we want to deal with because he's the one that's chosen of Yah, right? You know. Now, when it comes to the birthright, you can, you know, again, it's 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 evident that Esau speaks to the will. He wasn't concerned with his birthright. He was just concerned with what. He wanted in the moment, which was some lentils. He was just concerned with the hunger that he wanted to quench in that moment because he was hungry. Not understanding that that birthright was connected to that blessing that he would want so much later on. You know, see, the birthright, within the birthright, the eldest son, the birthright went to the eldest son, and the eldest son received a double portion of the inheritance. And a big part, you know, of him receiving that double portion of the inheritance is because he, in return, became liable that, um, for the family, for their for their welfare and security. You know, he would, in turn, be the go-to guy for the family. 
So it was only right that he received extra because, you know, he may need to help others. Amen? You know, so this is why, you know, the devil portion went to the, to the elders, you know, because he had a greater responsibility to whom much is given, much is required. Amen? You know, so here it is, Esau, he didn't care about that, you know, at least not enough to forego with that bowl of lentils at the, during that time. He submitted to his will that his flesh wanted. And so he got his lentils, and Yaakov got the birthright. And then Yaakov, of course, gets the blessing. Mm -hmm. You know, and some way, somehow, he was going to get it any, any way, you know. But his, his mother contrived an unscrupulous manner, we'll, we'll say, of, um, of him getting it. You know, and, you know, nevertheless, he, he winds up with it. Mm -hmm. You know. Now, we want to talk about going from Yaakov to Israel. You know, because this is really speaking of the journey each and every one of us have to take after being birthed from Yahshua. So after we've accepted Yahshua, our journey begins. We begin to we begin to, to travel a journey that will ultimately lead us to becoming Israel and inheriting the kingdom of heaven. Amen? Yeah. You know, so within the story of Yaakov, we can see crucial elements as to how that looks. And so we will know what to expect in our journey. Make sense? Mm -hmm. All right, so we're going to start off with the story of Yaakov. You know, after he's been blessed, and now he's being sent away. Let me have my first reader read Genesis 28, 1 through 5, please. And Isaac called Jacob, and blessed him, and charged him, and said unto him, Thou shalt not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan. Arise, go to Paddan Aram, or the field of Aram, to the house of Bethuel, thy mother's father. And take thee a wife from thence of the daughters of Laban, thy mother's brother. And Elohim Almighty bless thee, and make thee fruitful, and multiply thee, that thou mayest be a multitude of people. And give thee the blessing of Abraham to thee and to thy seed with thee, that thou mayest inherit the land where thou art a stranger, which Elohim gave unto Abraham. And Isaac sent away Jacob, and he went to Paddan Aram, unto Laban, son of Bethuel the Syrian, the brother of Rebekah, Jacob, and Esau's mother. Hallelujah. All right. So it says, Isaac called Yaakov and blessed him, charged him, and said, Thou shalt not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan. What does a wife represent? The priesthood. Absolutely. You know, what does the land of Canaan represent? The kingdom of Elohim. You know, so now we're being told not to do what? Take a priest from the kingdom of, of Elohim. Now, what does that say for us today? We got some wicked priests in the kingdom. Absolutely. You know, and... Yah wants us to take one from the old way and not the new way. Not the new land that you're in, but in the old land that you came from. Can you see that? You know, he tells them to rise, go to pan, pan down around. Pan down around means, speaks to the table of the highland. Now, it's not hard to see the table of the kingdom in that either, is it? You know, highland, heavens being high, the highest you can go, that'd be 
take her to highest land, mm-hmm. you know, but it'll be obviously in a different area than where they were. You know, but it's, it speaks of that table of the highland, but then it says to the house of Bethuel. Bethuel means destroy the Elohim. Hmm. So he's saying go to the table of the highland or, or the table of, of, of those of the kingdom whose house was destroyed or who was destroyed of Elohim. Hmm. You know, and it says, and take a wife from thence of the daughters of Laban. In Laban, his name means wife, you know, which, are, which is a representation of righteousness. Yeah. You know, and then he pronounces his blessing on him. He sends him away, you know, uh, to Laban, the son of Bethuel, the Syrian. And the Syrian speaks to the mountaineer. And, you know, um, of course, he's the brother of Rebecca. And so what we have here is actually a spiritual picture of Yahushua sending those that, are, that understand or want to understand to the table of heaven to receive from the righteous son of those destroyed of Elohim for a wife. You know, now this would have made no sense back in their time, but in our time it makes perfect sense because it just so happened to be a type of labor from a house where that um that or a people that Yah had destroyed, Yah did destroy. You know, and they were supposed to be righteous. Mm. You know, so you know, it fits for our day and time perfectly. You know, now, and that's that's the beautiful thing about scripture is like some of these, some of the things you find in scripture has a type of time lock on them, like. You'll oftentimes hear me speak of the uh, prophecies of the, the, of the last days and how at no other time in history could they have um, those lying signs and wonders being performed, you know, um, because technology hadn't advanced to the point to where man could bring them to pass. But now, today, they can be, you know, because technology have advanced to that point and you know even though it may look like magic we know it's just simply technology it's science you know whereas back then if it was done you know it truly would have been magic because they didn't have that capability you know so I, I pray you, you can see that you know um, so here it is Jacob is getting sent on a journey now this is a map of Jacob's journey now, uh, they were living here in Beersheba. And they were going, he, he, had, he had to go to Haran, which is way up here. Now, as he started traveling, he ran across this sign. It said, city of Haran, 457 miles. Now, This was the original sign. See how it's leaning over now? It's been out there so long? No, just, just kidding. But uh, imagine, if you would, imagine you've never been out the land. And here it is. You get sent on this mission to go get a wife from the old land. And it's 450 to 500 miles away. Imagine. How would you feel? You're traveling alone. And when he get there, it doesn't seem like he had much with him. I don't know what he had when he left, but I know by the time he got there, he didn't seem to have much. He definitely didn't have a dowry. You know, because he, you know, he wouldn't have had to work for his wife. He would just pay for it, right? You know, so imagine... Traveling 457 to 500 miles alone through the wilderness. How do you think he felt? Lonely? Absolutely. Absolutely lonely. That's a long time to be out there by yourself. Yeah, lonely is definitely one thing. How else? 
afraid. Absolutely. You're out there with the wild animals. It's not like they had guns back there, back then, right? You know, and it was the worst things that, that was out there that could kill them. You know, mountain lions and, you know, and panthers, things of the sort, right? I don't know about the saber-toothed tigers, but you know, but but yeah, it was, they had some cousins or something that was out there, you know, <laughs> you know, but yeah, it would have been a very lonely, lonely travel. Now I want you to think about that because that is likened unto our journey. You know, our journey will likewise seem lonely. Our journey will likewise seem scary. Our journey will likewise be filled with things that can harm us. You know, so I want you to imagine of, about what it would feel like, what it felt like for Yaakov to make this journey because it's the same way that we are going to feel when we make our journey. <coughs> you know, and see, when people, when, when, when people embark upon this journey, and they don't understand this, they always, you know, find themselves asking these questions. Well, why am I feeling so lonely? Why am I so afraid? Why, you know, why this? Why that? It's because they don't understand what they're there to expect. Now, back then, Yaakov didn't understand neither. <coughs> but he had Yah leading and guiding him, working with him. Now, we likewise have Yah leading and guiding us and working with us, but in another fashion. We have the word. And so by understanding this word, we understand what these things is that we're to experience. You know, and so you have to use your imagination um, some though. Let me have my next reader read Genesis 28, 10 through 15. And Yaakov went out from Be'er Sheva and went toward Haran. And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set. And he took the stones of the place and put them for his pillow and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of Elohim ascending and descending on it. And behold, Yahuwah stood above it and said, I am Yahuwah Elohim of Abraham thy father, and Elohim of Isaac, the land wherein thou liest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south. And in thee, and in thy seed, shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee, and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest, and will bring thee again into this land, for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to the of. Hallelujah. There is a plethora of stuff in here. My goodness, there's a lot of stuff in here. Huh? Not totally. We're going to get into some of this. You know, so I want all my would-be discipleship students to put on your discipleship hat. Because we about to do some discipleship. At least we're going to get in the ship. Hallelujah. All right. So we're going to break some of this down. We're not going to, we're not going to, it's just, for, we, we just can't do it all. You know, <laughs> we're going to do some of it. So we're going to start off with verse 10. It says, and Yaakov went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. All right. You know, so we have our supplanter. We have our understanding. Going out from Beersheba. Anybody remember what Beersheba uh, mean? Well of the seven oaths. Well of the oath. Oh, seven. Yeah, seven is, is part of it, but it's not seven oaths. It's just oath. All right. And Haran means parched. I didn't think nobody would remember Haran. But Haran speaks to that which is parched. You know, now here it is. We see that we have one that is of Yahshua that is going to get a bride, going to become one with a priesthood. 
you know, they leave from the well of the oath. So they done made their oath. They done entered into the new covenant. And they have to go to Haran. Haran means parched. Its root word, its parent root, means to glow like from being melted. What do you see now? Now you know. Well, I pray that you know some of the brick cottage shot and uh, some of the rest of scripture. What is this a picture of? Fiery trials. Fiery trials. Absolutely. This is a picture of the fiery trials. You know, whereas Yochanan the Immersion said, "Yes, yeah, surely I baptize you with water, but there's one coming after me that will baptize you with spirit and with fire." You know, we have. Kepha said, you know, think it not a strange thing that these, these fiery trials have come upon you. Amen. You know, this is a picture of Yaakov going out from the place of the oath and going into his fiery trials. Can you see that? All right. Verse 11. Verse 11 says that he lighted upon a certain place. And tarried there all night because the sun was set and he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep. Now, first thing I want to point out, you know, because it seemed to be like something going on here in the translation. But, you know, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, you know, but I'm going to point out what's not there. Where it says put them for them for that's not actually in the text it was it was um it's it's put there by the translators you know their idea of making it read better mm -hmm. but it don't read better mm -hmm. you know first of all how many people use or would use stones plural for pillows how many pillows you gonna need with stones <laughs> you know stone not the not the most comfortable thing to lay your head on to begin with, you know. But you're going to use several of them? I don't think so. But, yeah, them four is not actually there. And, you know, this word pillows, you can't see it hardly, but it's a line going through the S showing that the, it's not actually plural. It's singular. You know, so he, he took out the stones and put one for his pillow not pillows and lay down in that place you know but that's not even what i want to focus on i want to focus on this certain place mm -hmm. because he lighted upon a certain place now what is this certain place what is what, what is what does this word mean let's take a look this a certain place is translated from the hebrew word makom number 4725 and it speaks to properly a standing that is a spot a locality now, figuratively, it speaks to a condition of the mind or body. And that's what I want to focus in on, you know, because, yes, it, you know, it has its literal meaning, you know, which speaks to a spot or a locality. But I want you to understand that it also speaks to a condition of the mind or body. And so what I want you to see is that he came, he lighted upon a certain condition of the mind or body. And tarried there all night because the sun was set. You know, so, you know, now that we have that understanding, let's take a look at. And he tarried there all night because the sun was set. Somebody tell me, what are we being told here? What is, what is y'all trying to tell us? Yes, time of ignorance. You know, he tarried there all night. The night speaks to a time of darkness, a time of ignorance, right? Why? Because the sun was set. What's another way of saying that? The light's gone. What else is gone? Knowledge, wisdom, and understanding is gone. Can you see that? You know, Yes. Now, think about this. He lights upon a condition of the mind whereby he has no 
wisdom, no understanding, and no knowledge. Can you see that? Yeah. He gets to a place where he just don't know. He don't know. He don't have any wisdom. He don't have no knowledge. He, does, he don't have no understanding. He don't have no knowledge. We don't know if he, he's lost or if he's not sure about which way to go. You know, I mean, it's not like they had GPS back then, you know, and it's not like, you know, this was a way that he was used to traveling, you know. But he comes to a condition of the mind whereby he's in darkness. He has no wisdom, no understanding, no knowledge. Now, I want you to think about that for a minute because we all come to that place from time to time. Amen? We all get to this place from time to time. We all get to a place to where we have a condition of the mind where we just don't know about a situation or a circumstance. Amen? You know, that's important that you understand that. You know, now, now that he's gotten there, he doesn't know really what to do. He's in ignorance. He's in darkness. So what does he do? And this is important what he does because what he does is what we ought to do because it worked for him. Because Yah was with him in his doing it. Amen? Amen. So what does he do? He took of the stones. Only thing that were stones is not actually stones. It's just stone. He took of the stone or stones but he, he took a stone of that place and he put it for his pillow now stones represents truths stones represents truth because the qualities of a stone is equal to the qualities of truth it's very permanent unchanging you know very dependable you know very hard to destroy you know symbolically indestructible now when we speak of his pillows we're talking about marasha now marasha this is good marasha actually you know um, it's number 4763 and it speaks to a headpiece. It speaks to headship or dominion. Mm -hmm. Now, I want you to see this. I want you to see this spiritual picture that Yah is drawing for us. The spiritual picture that he's drawing for us is Yaakov, after he's entered into covenant, you know, left from Beersheba, he done entered into covenant. He's going into his fiery trials. He gets to a place that he's confused. He gets to a place where he's in darkness. He has no wisdom. He has no understanding. He has no knowledge of this situation or circumstance. So he gets to this place where he's in a condition of mind where he is in darkness. With no wisdom, no understanding, no, no knowledge of what to do. And so what he does is he take a stone of that place and he utilize that he takes that stone and use utilize that stone to be his headship to be his dominion can you see that yeah. see and why is this important because the stone represents truth he takes this truth and makes it his headship he takes this truth and makes it his dominion and of course that stone is the truth the way and the light. That stone is none other than Yahushua. Now, the promise. Hold on. Did I? Okay. Now, verse 12 goes on to say, And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached the heaven. And behold, the angels of Elohim ascending. And descending on it. Now this word ladder. Is salam in the Hebrew number 5551 in your strong. It comes from salal number 5549. Now I had to dig for this one. 
I had to go, you know, in, into deep into the roots of this this word. I mean, it's actually there on the surface, but you know, I had to to confirm it. I had to really, you know, get into some of my favorite books, which are lexicons, you know, and it speaks to mound up, especially a turnpike. A turnpike is a highway, hmm. you know. Now. And your King James is translated as ladder, but what I'm trying to get across to you is that he dreamed of a highway set up on the earth. He dreamt of a highway. He dreamt of a way. You know, how many of you know that the original followers of Yahshua were called followers of the way? He dreamt of a way. How many of you know that Yahshua, when he came and walked the earth, he said, I am the way. He dreamt of the way. How many of you know that the way that came and walked amongst men said there's no way to the Father except by me because he was the way. Because he is the way to the Father. He's the way to our Heavenly Father. Amen. You know, when Yaakov went to sleep, he dreamed and behold a way set up on the earth. Woo, that's good stuff. Mm -hmm. And the top of it reached to heaven. Yeah. Hallelujah. The top of it would be Yahshua. That word top of it, that's actually Rosh. It, in the Hebrew it means head. And the head of that way is Yahshua. And Yahshua is in the heavens seated at the right hand of the Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it says, and behold, the angels of Elohim ascending and descending on it, hmm. on that way. Hallelujah. Now, it says in verse 13, and behold, Yahuwah stood above it and said, I am Yahuwah Elohim of Abraham, thy father, and Elohim of Yisak, the land whereon he, thou liest. To thee will I give it, and to thy seed, and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south, and in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Not just his families. All the families of the earth be blessed. And he says, and behold, I am with thee. And will keep thee in all places whither thou goest. And will bring thee again into this land. For I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. Hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, this good stuff. Now imagine. Imagine. How you would feel after having this dream. Now imagine you went on this journey, 457 miles, you know, um, you know, some report says 450, some said 500. We say between 450 and 500 miles. You know, you went on this journey, you're all alone, you're going, you have to travel through a, a dangerous wilderness, you know, and you get to a place where you're in darkness, you don't know what to do next. And so you choose this stone to lay your head upon. You choose this stone to be your headship, to have dominion over you. And you have a dream. And this dream tells you, lo, I am with you. And I'm going to watch over you. I'm going to Take you where you need to go, and I'm going to bring you back, and I'm going to bless you in doing so and give you this land in which you're in. And, and your seed going to fill it up. How do you feel now? Overwhelmed. Not, not afraid no more. What about encouraged? You know? So, yes. You know, and it's important that you that you be able to identify with that because Yah is saying the same thing to you. He's saying the same thing to us today. Be encouraged. He's with us. Now, when we as we continue to read through the story of Yaakov, we're not gonna read 
where Yah was speaking to him every day. We're not going to read where Yah was leading and guiding him every step of the way. But when things was crucial, Yah was there. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Say lie. Mm. Now, he dreamt of a highway to heaven. Mm. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. You know, and that highway to heaven is Yahushua. Mm. You know, that's who that highway is. You know, uh, and Yahushua is what? What else is it? Truth. What is truth? Absolutely. Truth is his word. You know, I want you to see that that highway that leadeth unto heaven, that leadeth unto our heavenly father, is the word of Elohim. Because it's Yahshua who is also the word of Elohim. Because it's the way which is also the word of Elohim. Amen? Bless you. You know, so I want you to understand this. You know, that this dream that Yaakov had, that Yah showed him, he showed him the way <coughs> to, the, to the kingdom of heaven, which is through the word. Can you see that? You know, you know and it's, it, was, it was done by him making his headship that stone you know and so we continue on in Genesis 28 16 through 19 it says and Jacob awaked out of his sleep and said surely Yahuwah is in this place and I knew it not and he was afraid and said how dreadful is this place this is none other but the house of Elohim and this is the gate of heaven and Yaakov arose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had for his pillow and set it up for a pillar and poured oil um, upon the top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of that city was called Luz at, at the first. Now, he said, he woke up out of his sleep. He said, surely Yahuwah is in this place and I knew it not. Let's stop right there for a minute. Because when we're traveling this way, that leadeth unto Yahuwah. When we're traveling through scripture. Yah is going to be with us. When we're in that place of ignorance. Yah is going to be with us. When we have that condition of mind. Where we have no wisdom. Where we have no understanding. Where we have no knowledge. Yah is going to be with us. When we're in that place, as long as we lay our head on that pillow, as long as we lay our head on that stone, as long as we make that stone our headship, our, our, our um, dominion, as long as we make Yahshua our head, Yah is going to be with us. And guess what? We won't even know. <laughs> Isn't that what he says? Surely Yahuwah is in this place and I knew it not. And neither will you know. You'll be going through the worst trial of your life and you'll be thinking you all alone and Yah will be with you every step of the way. Yeah. And you won't yeah. even know. Yeah. You won't even know. A matter of fact, when you are there, when you're in that space, you in his house. You just don't know. It says, and he was afraid and said, how dreadful is this place? See, this place is a place that's fearful. This is a place that is very scary. It's very scary for the person. You know, even as Yaakov, you know, he was afraid. He said, how dreadful is this place? What we're talking about is a place of, of fear. It's very fearful, and you should be fearful. Because the fear of Yah is the beginning of wisdom. When you begin to have that fear, then the light begins to shine up on your situation. Now, he says, this is none other than a house of Elohim. What is this this is? What is this this is in the this is the gate of heaven? It's this place of ignorance. 
that's in the way. Now, if you're <laughs> out the way and you come to a place of ignorance, then, you know, Yah's not with you in that. But if you're traveling the way of Scripture, if you're traveling the way of Yahushua, and you find yourself in a state of ignorance, in a dark place, where you have no wisdom, understanding, or knowledge, that is the gate of heaven. That is the house of Elohim. And he is with you in that place, even if you don't know it. You know, and that's what Yaakov was learning through this dream. You know, it says here, uh, verse 18, And Yaakov arose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillow, you know, and set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon the top of it. Now, that the set it up for a pillar, that pillar speaks to establishing it. So in other words, he was establishing it as his pillar, as his headship, giving it dominion over him. He poured oil upon, upon him. That oil speaks to righteousness. So he's anointing it and appointing it as righteous. This is his righteous headship. This is his uh, righteous dominion that is over him. He pours it up on top of the pillar. You know, and so this is he's completely sold out. Like this is where it's at. You know, when I need Yah, I'm coming to this pillar. I'm coming to Yahshua. I'm coming to, to that stone. You know, and it says in verse 19, and he called the name of that place Bethel, the house of Elohim. But the name of the city was called Luz at the first. Now, Luz is an interesting word. Luz, uh, it, it means, I forgot the, uh, well, the Hebrew word is lose, but I forgot the number. But it, it means to turn aside or deviate. Um, it also speaks to an almond tree. Hmm. But the root of it speaks to turn aside or deviate. Hmm. And that's how it's usually utilized. But And that's important to understand because... This is where most people would turn aside or deviate from the way. When they don't understand. When they're, when they're in a condition of mind where they, where they have no wisdom, where they have no understanding, where they have no knowledge. This is usually where they mess up at. This is usually where people mess up at. This is usually where they turn aside from the way. Or they deviate from the way. But not Yaakov. Yaakov, he didn't turn aside. He didn't deviate. What did he do? He rested on that pillar. He rested his head on that pillar that represented Yahushua. He rested his head on that pillar that represented the dominion of Yahushua. And he waited for the light to come. Can you see that? He rested on the truth of Elohim. The truth, the way, and the light of Elohim. He rested until the light came. He didn't turn aside. He didn't deviate. He stayed there until he could see. And then once he could see, he moved on. Can you see that? It's important that you see that because this is how we're to act when we get to the, this place of ignorance, when we get to this place of darkness, when we get to have this condition of mind where we're confused, where we're in darkness, where we don't have any wisdom or understanding or knowledge as to what to do. We're to do nothing but rest with Yahshua as our head. See, now, if you remove Yahshua from being your head during this time, then you're at the old place, which was called lose. You turned aside. You deviate. But if you rest with Yahshua as your head, 
and you just do nothing until you get the wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. That is until the sun rises on your situation or circumstance whereby you have light and you can understand which way to go. Then you'll be in the house of Elohim. You'll be at the gate of the kingdom of heaven. You know, verse 20. And Yaakov vowed a vow saying, If Elohim will be with me and will keep me in this way, this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall Yahuwah be my Elohim. And this stone, back to the stone, and this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be Elohim's house. This stone shall be Elohim's house. Not this place. This stone. Stone represent what? This truth. What is truth? Thy word is truth. Shall be the house of Elohim. Hallelujah. And all of that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. That stone that he's talking about is that very stone of stumbling. See, because when you get there, the sun is setting. It's dark. And if you're not careful, you can stumble over that stone. You can deviate. You can turn aside out of the way. And you can stumble because of that stone. Hence, Romans 9.33 says, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense. And whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. That's the stone he rested his head upon. Also in Luke 20, verse 17 says, The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, the head of the corner. You know, this is that stone. This is that stone that became the corner for the house of Elohim. That same stone of stumbling. For some... It's the house of Elohim, and for others, it's an occasion for stumbling. Is he your cornerstone or your stumbling block? I pray he your cornerstone. That's all I have for you today. A prayer was a blessing. All right. We'll take any questions at this time. Understanding. I see where you went with it, but I'm wondering how 